Welcome to the KML Messcast. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, it's not that much to ask. It's so goddamn rude. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? Playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. They are who we thought they were. But we let them out the hook. Hello? You play to win the game. And now, your 2016 champion, soon to be two-time champion, and host, Maine. Listen, first and foremost, aloha, ciao, bienvenue, is that a thing? Bienvenue, buenas noches, welcome into the KML Messcast, I'm your host, Maine. And thank you for joining us. I apologize. As you noticed, I was out last week. Uh, the wife had a baby girl. Everything went well. Uh, that was on Thursday, early, early, early morning. So didn't get around to recording. But I'll tell you what. You know what I'm going to do for you? You know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to deliver tonight. Here it is. September 7th, 8, 11 in the p.m. You know what we're doing in 24 hours? Watching football. Fuck yes. Mmm. Bush light for the farmers. Okay. So anyway, I'm going to deliver you a two-parter. Part one, we're going to talk only about draft. I got a lot to cover about draft that I was going to cover last week. Obviously, didn't get to it. I apologize. Please, I beg your forgiveness. And I don't give a shit if you give it to me or not because this is what you're getting. Part one, draft recap. Only doing that. And then part two, we're getting into the flow. Got a couple things planned. A couple things kind of tweaked. In terms of the way the mess cast is put together on a week-to-week basis. Ugh. Still going to come out Wednesday night. But got a couple new segments that I'm excited to drop on your asses. Draft recap. Let's get into it. Weekly recap. It's not weekly. It's draft. I wasn't about to make a, a special drop just for the draft recap. So, to recap. KML, 12-team league, half-point PPR. 10th year in the league. 8th year we've had the 7th year? 7th, 8th year? Seventh year, we've had the same number of uh, the same owners. Feels good. Feels right. I see this going a long damn time. This year was the 10th anniversary of the league. Uh, In case you're not familiar, for those of us just joining us, we wanted to do something a little bit bigger for the 10th year anniversary. So what we did was we rented an Airbnb down in Fort Lottie. Fort Lottie got everybody down there in person to draft. Unfortunately, two of us were unable to make it. One for unavoidable pregnancy reasons and the other just because he didn't feel like it. Uh, so everybody except myself and Jared Limbach did not make it down to Lottie, but we did have a good time in his basement. We had a nice little uh, setup going, so we were still able to uh, do kind of like the cut rate Zoom deal, you know, in, so we were still there in spirit, but not in person. Uh, anyway, throughout the time of down in Lottie, Lottie's what we're calling it now, by the way, uh, throughout the time, I did have a man on the streets to kind of get some some uh, some live reporting, get some sound clips for us here on the mess castle. I want I wanted to get the audience the feeling that they were there, and so this is what I've done for you. Where I'm going to play a couple of sound clips here. Actually, I got like like 15 sound clips that I'm going to play. Uh, talk about each one. Vetted these briefly, but uh, I think we need to dive into each one individually as they come up. So first, uh, let's get into. I think this was going to work. Well, let me see how I have this sorted up. Do I have this sorted up at all? Oh boy. Um, okay, I do have this sorted up a little bit. Let's get into our first clip from the draft at Fort Lauderdale. This is uh, Big Meat on the street. I'm uh, slowly walking up to the two time champion. Okay, hold on. First thing. <laughs> first things. Big Meat on the street. I love it. Big meat on the street. He was my correspondent for the uh, for the year or for for the draft. I appreciate it very much. Good, you know, tip of the hat to him. Also had a really good time with Big Meat on the street. Let's play that again. Big meat on the street. What do you got to say? This is uh, Big Meat on the street. I'm uh, slowly walking up to the two-time champion Mike Wingus's house right now to pick him up and uh, also grab statistically one of the worst players in league history, David Joel Stein. Guy can't even sniff the fucking playoffs. Joel, do you have any comment on the upcoming draft? No. 
Sounds about right. That's uh, probably the level of preparation that you can expect from a guy like him. Uh, we'll report back. Mr. Uh, Mike Wingus went inside to grab his stuff because, of course, he's not ready either. I'll report back soon. Over. <laughs> okay, so so our first sound clip comes from outside of the Wingus residence on Kittery Drive. And uh, apparently everybody's staying true to form early in the morning on the way to the airport. Moto, bushy, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready-ripping, and uh, Joel Stein, sleepy, sleepy, sleepy Joel, sleepy Joel Stein, uh, didn't give us much there. And Mike Wingus, of course, not ready. So that was our first clip. Not much to talk about there. But we did get Big Meat on the street. <laughs> All right, let's hear what Big Meat has to say here in our second clip. This is Big Meat on the Street reporting back. We have the uh, two-time champion here with his uh, beautiful wife. Uh, Mr. Mike Wingus, can we get a comment about the upcoming draft, please? I don't know what I'm going to do yet. How much preparation have you put in at this point? Uh, I started last night about 9 p.m. Ended up watching car reviews at about 9.30. Do you have any players that you're focused on? Yes. Thank you. The wonderful wife of the two-time champion, do you have any comments before we leave for the trip? Make good choices? That's terrible advice. Thank you. Okay. Okay. That was our second clip. That was Big Meat on the Street inside the Wingus residence now. Uh, we got a quick draft insight into Michael Wingus. This must just be nice to be playing with house money. You know, you got house money. You're the two-time. You're the only two-time. It doesn't It doesn't matter a shit. It doesn't matter a shit what you do this year. Can you imagine no pressure? He's out there just watching car reviews, doing minimal preparation. But, you know, I, I think when we look into, into the draft, I think we're going to see that that wasn't a totally accurate statement when we actually dive in to see how the different picks fell and how everything worked out. Uh, also, very nice cameo from uh, the two times lovely wife. Make good choices, I agree, was not a uh, not the, maybe the best advice, but hey, it's always nice to hear her voice on the mess cast. All right, let's hear what Big Meat on the street has to say once they arrived at the airport. This is uh, Big Meat on the Streets, uh, live from Indianapolis International Airport. Uh, I'm sitting with two new owners uh, that we just met up at the airport. We have Mr. Scott Doman and Mr. Chris Rogers here. Uh, just a quick couple words about how you're feeling about the draft and uh, any players in particular you're looking forward to drafting. Well, I'm going to start uh, by opening the bidding on Michael Pittman Jr. At yeah, you can't do that. $9. Yeah, you can't do that. It's not your bid. That was Chris Rogers. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Rogers, anything that you'd like to add? Uh, no, just excited to be here and uh, real excited to get to Florida, get some drafting, some drinking, and whatever debauchery. Any player in particular you're looking to draft today? Uh, I really like Javante Williams. Like Any draft strategy that you're using this year that's different from the past? Nah, no, I'm just going to go. Okay. Uh, Joel, would you like to uh, redeem yourself from your earlier interview? Yeah, now I'm awake, excited, can't wait to get to Florida, and, and really just sink into the draft. Let the draft come to me. Thank you. Just like a voice recorder for your phone? Yes, a voice recorder for your phone indeed. Boy. <laughs> All right, so Big Meat on the Street was able to uh, get a, get an interview from Chris Rogers uh, and also from Scott Thoman, the owners of Reading Dwayne Bow and Team 88, respectively. Interesting insight there to uh, Chris Rogers about he said he was looking for Javante Williams and was not looking to change up his strategy. Maybe he should based on historical results, but alas, looks like he did not get either. We will talk more about that in a second. Didn't change the strategy and also did not get Javante. Could have been a little bit of a red herring, a little bit of smoke screen. Didn't want people to know that he actually didn't want Javante, you know? So anyway, and then uh, Scott Thoman, of course, uh, unclear about the rules. Again, him and Jared Limbach continually unclear about the scoring and the rules in this league year after year, even though they've been unchanged for about seven years now, six years. Uh, you know, maybe this is the year they'll get it. I will not hold my breath. And Joel Stein, you know what, Joel? He's awake now, and I appreciate it. That's a good way to put it. Let the draft come to me. Well done. All right, big meat on the street. That was from Indianapolis International Airport. Let's see what we have here uh, at, uh, I think he's still in the Indy Airport. Let's check in, check in with big meat on the street. Big meat on the streets here at Indianapolis International Airport. Uh, interviewing our next guest here is uh, the owner of of the Captain Scurve, Mr. Northside Nick Minot. Uh, how you feeling about this flight and about this draft? Just dropped the kids off at the pool. Uh, the flight is definitely going to be lighter and easier to take off. Yeah, to clarify, you didn't actually take your kids to the pool. You took a shit. Correct. 
Uh, what are you looking forward to in this draft and any player in particular you're uh, focused on? Mm, I'm focused on 10 men in a room that are going to be hopefully not sweaty. Hope the AC works. But if it does, that's fine. We'll drink beer and get cooler. Um, Draft-wise, I'm just going to let it come to me. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not really focused on one particular person. Um, not real sure what my, my strategy is right now. Um, I like to just play it by ear as, as it goes. You know, let it come to me. I know this is probably not something you want to hear, but uh, your draft strategy is the same as Joel Stein's draft strategy, who has proven to be one of the worst players in our league. How does that make you feel? Uh, ball don't lie. Thank you. Ball don't lie, indeed. I do like the draft strategy of letting it come to you. I think that's really the only strategy or one of the few strategies you can really have in an auction draft. But it was very interesting to hear that several owners... We're letting the draft come to them. Also, congratulations, Nicholas Minot, on your successful uh, airport poop. Nothing like a pre-flight poop, a PFP, if you will, to make the flight that much easier. I believe we also got a selfie during the PFP from Nicholas. Appreciate both of those things. Let's get into uh, Meet on the Street. I believe this is also still at the airport. Let's see what he has to say. Big meet on the street here, live at Indianapolis International Airport. Uh, we were standing outside of the Sun King Brewery, uh, and I was overhearing a conversation between Joel Stein and Nick Minot discussing their draft strategies. And old Northside Nick looked at me and said, pull out that fucking microphone. It's time to record. Here's his draft strategy. Go. It's got time to come clean. I like to go big on the running backs early, get those locked in, feel comfortable about it. Um, obviously, as Maine pointed out, um, I'm going to pick up some handcuffs, not only for them, but also for other big-name running backs, because I feel like if it's a big-name running back and they're going to do well, they probably have a good team blocking for them, so they're back up if they get hurt. It's a shot in the dark, but what are you going to do, you know? Um, and then I like to just kind of hang out for a while, have some beers, maybe pass some beers around, you know? Get the lube, get everything lubed up for the whole, the whole clan. And then I have to just be patient and wait. I need to have... $70 left, maybe. Well, let's see. 70, let's say 80 and 80, 660. I have like 40 bucks left, okay? After I've, that's a lot of money to spend on two running backs, but 40 bucks left. And every, I'll kind of wait till everyone goes down to under 40, like 20, 10, you know? Everybody's gone. Then I can get guys that are value and fill my, fill my lineup up with one, two, three, five dollar guys that like everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get this guy for a dollar. Oh, mine at two dollars. Fuck you. So this sounds similar to draft strategies you used in the past. How's that worked out for you? One championship. Haven't lost. Haven't haven't not won a championship. So that's good. Going to Lottie right now. So that's good. I mean, you got to keep those things in mind, you know. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely a crapshoot every year. You know, who's going to get injured? Who are you going to pick up? And I always feel comfortable. My strategy in filling in wide receivers later in the year has kind of worked out. So. I might stick with it. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's what I'm doing this year. I'm just saying that's what I've done in the past and what I've liked to do. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Joel Stein, you overheard that entire conversation. Did any part of that make you change your draft strategy? Uh, no. I do respect uh, Nick's comments on his draft strategy in the past years. Um, pretty evident, honestly. Is that because he passes out around the toilet? or? You know, that only happened once. Um, People don't forget, though. I do think that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's some super bad. People don't forget. Um, I didn't actually pass out before the You passed out. No, well, you passed out in the draft, in the middle of the draft. No, no, no. I got all my picks in. But the draft was not over. I don't care about everyone else, what they're doing. You'd be right, though. I okay, fair enough. Back to you, Joel. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I just uh, respect Nick's strategy and, and look forward to having a great time in Florida and uh, ready to fuck some shit up. He's looking at me right in my eyes as he's saying this. Which yeah, it gets, it's actually kind of sexual. Um, I was informed that I cut off uh, Scott Thoman earlier during my interview and didn't give him an opportunity to really discuss. So I want to circle back to him and see if there's anything he'd like to add to his draft strategy or a player that he's focused on for this draft. No. And he's wondering why I cut the interview short before. Is there anything that you would like to add before I cut this one short? Thanks. <laughs> Okay, Big Bean on the Street. Lot to digest there. Lot to digest, but I love this clip for a couple different reasons. Number one, Nick Minot, a man of the people, will always shoot you straight. He'll shoot you straight. He's not going to hide behind a veil. He's not going to smoke screen you. He's not going to gaslight you. He's not going to filibuster you. He's going to shoot you straight. And he told you exactly what he's going to do. And I'll tell you what, he sticks to 
the plan. We knew this is what we we're going to do. We, we highlighted this on a previous mess cast talking about different teams draft strategies. And I think he did he do it again. We'll we'll find out. But he knew he was going in today. He was going down to Lottie, leaving Indianapolis International Airport with that plan in his back pocket. So we will have to check it and see if he was able to execute it the way he wanted to or not. Joel Stein didn't, was unfazed by the Nicholas Minot and actually gave him a little bit. You hear the little power move there about dead eye, just dead eye staring him. The mind game started early. The mind games started early. Love that clip. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Let's get into uh, the next meet on the street clip. This is a big preach on the beach. Uh, that, uh... Oh boy. Now we're, now we've moved to Fort Lauderdale. So now it's not big meat on the street. It's big preach on the beach. <laughs> I hope this is a recurring thing that comes comes in and out during the season. Also, the sound quality on uh, uh, Moto's, as Scott likes to put it, recording device that records onto his phone. Oh my fucking Christ! Already sells trailers. All right, let's let's check out when in with big preach on the on the beach. Big preach on the beach. This is a uh, big preach on the beach uh, at uh, the airport here. We just ran into Bill Mitchell. Uh, I'd like to uh, ask you a few questions, if that's all right with you, Bill. Absolutely. Go ahead. Did you have a safe flight? I had a wonderful flight. Great. Um, is there any player you are focused on in this draft? Pittman. Ooh, with the first pick. Does it make you nervous? Uh, very nervous, but obviously number one WR in the NFL this season. Uh, so I will be going after him uh, at least uh, 60. And what about as far as a draft strategy goes? What are you uh, What are you going for this uh, this year? Uh, I'm going to follow uh, Mike Morano. So whoever he brings up, I'm just going to try to beat him by a dollar. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't catch the uh, the new name in Florida. I didn't Florida. catch it either. Oh yeah. What did he say? <laughs> Big preach on the beach. That was Bill Mitchell, the uh, owner of the newly named Cream of the Crop team. Uh, offering a little bit of insight into his draft strategy, obviously following my lead, because why wouldn't you follow the lead of the most successful regular season fantasy football player over the history of this league? Uh, also said he was in on Michael Pittman, but I think that was a little bit of gaslighting because I don't believe he was. Don't believe he was. But here we are. We're down in Fort Lauderdale now. And big preach on the beach has collected people at the airport, and now they are believe I believe they're heading to the house. So. Let's go ahead and see, check in what happened at the uh, Fort Lauderdale house. This is a big preach on the beach. Uh, we just got our last three members uh, here. I'm standing with uh, Vitaly in his room right now as he's slowly unpacking. Just a quick uh, pre-draft interview. Is there anybody you're focused on or any draft strategy you'd like to talk about today? Uh, nothing I can give away, but uh, I do like Kelsey. He is my guy. Uh, that's the only thing I'm willing to uh, give up. What's your number for him? Uh, it's in the 40s. 40s. Thank you. Okay, so that was Vitaly. Now we're at the Fort Lauderdale house talking to Vitaly real quick. Uh, said he liked Kelsey, and boy, I'll tell you what. Vitaly, when he comes to drafts, he is all business. He's not there to make friends. He's not there to socialize. He's not there for pleasure. He's all fucking business until that team is locked in, and then he cuts it loose. Let's move on. What do we got for Big Preach on the Beach? Just uh, found the next member of the group that just arrived here. It's uh, Mr. Matt Turo. Uh, Matt, this is Big Preach on the Beach uh, interviewing you for your pre-draft commentary. Is there anybody that you're focused on or any draft strategy you'd like to talk about? Uh, not today, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that got weird. I found the uh, third member of the party here. It's Mr. Rob Luck. Uh, Rob, is there anybody that you're focused on today or any draft strategy you're going to try to implement that's different from years past? Uh, no different strategy, honestly. Just bid people up like Maine, uh, Bill, Joel. Basically going after all the stupid people. Most likely, yeah. I mean, you know, when you've had a three-year run like I have, I mean, I haven't produced anything from it, which is embarrassing. But, so why talk about it? Well, I mean, you know, you got to – I'm a regular season guy. I like the Colts. I can't get it done when it needs to be done, which is embarrassing. So How do you feel about points? Do they matter? Uh, not in this league, no. Unfortunately, I mean, you had Jared who had a great amount of points last year, but just didn't win when he needed to. Just win, baby. Thanks, babe. All right, so that was Aaron from our last two owners, Matt Turo and also Rob Luck. Uh, Matt Turo holding everything close to the vest and not really much, not giving much to 
uh, the other part of the relationship, much like his first marriage, just withholding everything behind the vest, not sharing enough. Rob Luck coming in hot, sharing a lot. I appreciate the candor. I appreciate him talking about his strategy and what he wants to do. And uh, he's right. You know, you gotta you, you gotta win when it matters. That's all that comes down to it. You gotta win when it matters. So anyway, what do we have on now? That's a uh, clip seven. Let's get on to. Uh, oh, I think believe the next series of clips is post draft reactions very interesting let's get into after the draft how people felt about their should i hold off on these hold on a second let me think about this for a second yes let's hold off on the remaining clips until after we've done our draft review because i have some stuff i want to talk about with the draft run through people's teams and then also uh and then we'll come back to the clips and because it will be interesting to hear kind of the draft reaction once we've talked about the clips. Okay, let's get into uh, the draft recap. Weekly recap. It's a draft recap. I already played that. Don't fucking worry about it. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to pull the veil back on my draft strategy and my preparation because this was something that was interesting. Something I've done for the first time this year was I went back through and I looked at last year's draft. And I basically went down through and I said, how much of the total? Because you basically, okay. <clears throat> Break me down with this. I'm sitting up straight because I'm going to talk about this. This is going to get technical. This is going to get quantitative, qualitative, quantitative, technical, whatever you want to talk about. What I did is when you look at the draft, there's a certain amount of money out there amongst all the teams. 200 bucks times 12, where the fuck that is, $24,000 amongst the team. So that $2,400 has to get divvied up in specific ways amongst a certain number of players. So what I did was I basically looked at last year's draft and I wrote down all the actual bids for all the different players. And then I tried to extrapolate that if last year's draft, the trends held consistent towards this year's trends, what could we expect different players to go to? For example, one thing that's tough with auction drafts is whenever you look at all these different sources, people will give their estimated auction values, but that's not really indicative of what's going to happen in your own personal league because everybody has their own personalities, their own thing. So I was trying to develop some sort of uh, some sort of regression, if you will, for what might happen in our league with the way in our league how people play and what I thought people would go for. So for example, in our league, historically speaking, based on Average, average, you know, whatever the the normal source says is the auction draft value. We tend to bid up running backs way more than wide receivers, like vastly more. So what I did was I basically broke down 2020, 2021's draft, saw where money was spent proportionally. So out of the 2,400 bucks, so much was spent on the top 12, top six. So much was spent on the top six QBs and the bottom six QBs. So much was spent on the top the top three tiers of rbs the next three you know tiers of rbs blah, blah 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 and basically tried to say okay if i know last year this much money was spent on the top 24 rbs and the top 24 receivers if that holds true what do i think these players are going to go for how do i think this is gonna, all going to kind of flush out and then i came up with an estimated what i thought each player would go for based on how things looked last year so my thinking was that when i went into draft i could then keep an eye on this to see if, you know, running backs were going for cheaper than I thought or wide receivers were going for cheaper than I thought. And then I could know that most likely there was more money left for other positions if people were spending more or less at these different buckets that I kind of like, you know, put into my little sheet here. So I know it's a lot, but it's very interesting because here's what I found. As opposed to last year, we spent way less money on QBs than I thought we were. I thought we'd spend 70 or 68, specifically, I thought we'd spend 68 more dollars on the top 12 QBs than we did this year. People were unwilling to spend up for the QBs. Everybody seemed to say they could get one late. So everybody kind of like punted on that. Tight ends, similar situation. We spent $18 less than what I thought we were going to spend on tight ends. Again, I think people thought if we're not getting one of the top three guys, fuck it, I'm just going to pick up somebody late, and that seems to be what happened. Now, here's where it got really surprising. The pendulum swung drastically from 2021 to 2022, whereas in 2021, we spent a shitload of money on RBs and not so much money on wide receivers. This year, pendulum swung completely the opposite way. For example, the top 12 running backs this year, 
I we, I had them down for what I thought they'd go for. They went for $55 less than what I thought they were going to go for. And then for the top 24, right, you take the whole top 24 running backs, $126 less than what I thought they were going to go for. Conversely, the wide receivers, the top 12 went for $82 more than what I thought they were going to go for. And the top 24 meant for $126 more than what I thought they were going to go for. It was impressive. Didn't see that coming. So, how did people work out in the draft? Uh, how do we want to do this? Go team by team? Just highlight a couple things? We'll quickly run down team by team. We'll just, we'll just highlight a couple team by team. Then I'll say like what I think the pick of the draft was, what I think the worst pick of the draft was, and we'll go from there. Uh, straight bumps, homie, the first team up. Let's just rip down through here. Pick number five overall, Javante Williams, $48. There he is. And those, so Mike Wingus had this thing to go ahead and go through, and he's going to only take players that are born in 2000 or later, and he actually accomplishes shit. So he's got Javante Williams for $48. Jamar Chase for $62. Big number, but might be worth it. Kyle Pitts for 30 Brees Hall for 18 Just have, oh, just, I'm, oh, thank God that beer wasn't open yet. Trey Lance for three. Damian Pierce for nine. That could be a steal. George Pickens for six. And then Olave for five. Elijah Moore for seven. Kenneth Walker for five. Blah, blah, blah. All the way down there. So he sat on his money, waited around. He got Javante Williams early at five. Then he sat around until 30, 32. Picked up Chase and Pitts almost back to back. And he was pretty much set from there. Uh... How do I want to do this? I'm going to do... I'm going to do that in part two, I think, actually. Uh, let's see. I'll, t- I'll just... Uh, every team, I'll say uh, the best pick. And I think the best pick that he made out of this whole thing was Damian Pierce for 9 bucks. I think that was a nice little pick for him at $9. Picked him up late at pick 103. I really like that. And I think Damian Pierce is going to be pretty fucking decent. Worst pick? <sighs> Worst pick, I think, could be... Javante Williams at $48. Yeah, I said it. (sighs) Why do I think $48 could be a bad pick for Javante Williams? I just... I don't know. Melvin Gordon's still there. It's a timeshare. You're paying $48 for a man who is in a legitimate 50-50 timeshare. And I don't... Until I see that timeshare flip... Where it's not a 50-50 thing, I don't think I can. I don't think I can endorse Javante Williams for 48 bucks. Yeah, he's exciting. Yeah, he's got the pop. Yeah, he looks great. But if you look at, I mean, they are literally doing a 50-50 time split, like literally. It's not even close. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Also, I kind of worry about the whole you know NFC West thing. Is it not NFC, uh, AFC West, where fucking everybody and their sister is is amazing, and they're gonna have all these shootout games. You think there'd be a lot more passing than just running the football? So. Curious to see how that shakes out for him. So that's what I'm picking. I'm picking best pick was Damian Pierce for nine. Worst pick, Javante Williams for $48. Even though it was, it was under what I thought. I thought he was going to go for 53, went for 48. Next up, Cabo Ghosts. Oh, fuck. Did I fuck this up? Totally went, within the first two picks, was completely out of my draft strategy here. I, I picked 1479. <laughs> 1479. In the top 10 picks that came out, I had. Four players already. Michael Pittman for 36 bucks, way too much money. 49ers defense for two bucks. Christian McCaffrey for 75 bucks. Josh Allen for 34 bucks. Then I picked up Saquon for 36. Tyler Bass for a dollar. And that was I had one, two, three, four. I had four people before one, two, three, four, five, six. I had four players before six other teams had their first player. It just totally I had some guys I liked. I had some guys I liked. I didn't think I liked Pittman for 36. I don't know why that was a little bit. I kind of went a little crazy on him, but I do like him this year. But Jesus, 36 bucks, that could be a terrible pick. Um, but yeah, I just my strategy was right out the window. I literally ran my numbers off my projections and I had like an ideal lineup that I could have easily gotten for what they actually went for if I had just stuck to my guns and just waited for people to come up. But in the moment, you know, like McCaffrey, I thought was going to go for like, you know, in the 80s. You know, I was, I was, my, my limit was kind of 80, and all of a sudden you get him for 75. When you get him for 75, you're like, fuck. Like, everything else is kind of blown out of the fucking water at that point. So here we are. We're back on the Christian McCaffrey carousel uh, for the third year in a row, I think. Fourth year in a row. So maybe we'll actually fucking work something out. Best pick for me. I'm going to say my best pick. I don't even fucking know what my good pick was. 
I'm going to say my best pick. Yeah, homer pick. Saquon Barkley, 36 bucks. If Saquon can actually do be a three down back, he's got no other competition, might have the best offensive line he's had in his entire career. If he can actually fucking do what he used to do, 36 bucks will be an absolute steal for Saquon Barkley, and I would be ecstatic for that. So I'm going to say Saquon was my best pick at 36 right now. My worst pick? My worst pick, there's, there's a tie. Pittman at 36 was too much money. I think right now, he unless he, I mean, he literally for 36 bucks, I mean, you look where other people went for 36 bucks. He's got to be like around like the Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb area to kind of pay off on that. I mean, I paid 36 for Pittman and Devontae Adams went for 45. So, I mean, for nine extra dollars, would I would have Devontae probably. Also, I really worry about this Josh Allen pick for 34. I kind of wanted to lock down the QB position, position. didn't really want to have to fucking deal with it, but 34 bucks for him, I think I really kind of fucked up there because you look at like Herbert went for 16, Kyler Murray went for eight. Like you shit me, I'd much rather have Kyler Murray for eight than Josh Allen for 34. I'd much rather have Lamar Jackson for seven than Josh Allen for 34. You know, and then you you kind of work out, like, if I had gotten, like, for example, if I had gotten Lamar instead of Josh Allen, I would have saved, what, like, $27? So if I had $27 extra dollars, what's the difference of that? $27 extra dollars is, like, Mike Williams. $27 extra dollars is David Montgomery. Oh, yuck, I wouldn't want David Montgomery. $27 extra dollars is... <clears throat> Who else went for $27? bucks? keenan Allen for 30 I could have had Keenan Allen, Lamar for Josh Allen. Would I trade... Lamar Jackson and Keenan Allen for Josh Allen right now? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I fucking would. Yeah, fucking of course I would. What am I not? I'm not stupid. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of a mistake. T. Higgins. I could have had fucking DJ Moore. I could have had DJ Moore. I could have Mike. Yeah, like would I trade Mike Williams and Lamar Jackson for Josh Allen? Yes, I would. So I, that was a real, that was a bad pick. Made some bad picks. Don't love it. Captain Skurve. What did you do? Derek Henry, $76. Patrick Mahomes, $15. Got kind of caught with him. Didn't get his two running backs. He's got Derrick Henry. He's got J.K. Dobbins. He's got Mike Evans for 24. J.K. for 23. Josh Jacobs for 11. Yeesh. I'll tell you what. If, if Derrick Henry goes down, oh boy. Oh boy. What else did he do? Uh, Mike Evans for 24. Brandon Cooks for 7. Love that pick. George Kittle for 7. Could be a great pick. Chris Godwin for 5. Marquise Brown for 17. And then he got all his handcuffs. All his handcuffs. Hmm. Best pick here. I think the best pick out of this was Brandon Cooks for seven bucks. I like the Brandon Cooks and the George Kittle for seven bucks. I think it's just you're just locking down two positions, your wide receiver two and your tight end for a total of $14 with two guys you never have to even fucking worry about. You just leave them there. I think it's a great, great picks at seven bucks each. <laughs> Worst pick? Excuse me. J.K. Dobbins for twenty three bucks, maybe. Hmm. I mean, Josh Jacobs for eleven. At some point, you just gotta fucking take him. I worry about J.K. Dobbins for twenty three bucks. I do. I don't know what to do with J.K. Dobbins coming off that injury. Running backs historically always suck after coming off an injury like this in year one. It usually takes a second year before they're good. And on top of that, there's plenty. There's plenty of other people there to take touches away in that running in that offense. So I think the JK for 23 might have been a little bit of a reach, but you know, who am I to fucking say? Samstown. Samstown. What do we got? Pick number two overall, Dalvin Cook, 68 bucks. Jalen Hurts for 18. Darren Waller for 12. Pollard for six. AJ Brown for 36. Terry McLaurin for 14. Miles Sanders for eight. Gabe Davis, 11, Stevenson, 3, Madison, 3, blah, 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 down you go down the line. Interesting little wrinkle here. Samstown didn't take a $1 player. I love that, actually. That's pretty badass. Did what he wanted, saved some money in the reserves, was able to snipe people here and there. Did not take a $1 player. Good for him. Who do I think was the best pick out of everybody? Tyler Lockett for 2 bucks. I know everybody's like leaving Seattle for dead, but Tyler Lockett for $2? Really? I don't know that. I'm not saying that's the best pick. I just really like that pick. Um, Dalvin Cook for 68 I think is the best pick. I know it's steep for Dalvin Cook. It was $10 less than what I thought he'd go for, but 
60, I mean, Dalvin Cook in that offense could be dominant. If they start throwing the ball the way that everybody's saying they're going to throw the ball, I think he, I think Dalvin Cook has, you know, number one overall upside, catches the ball. If he can stay healthy, I really like that pick for $68. I would like to have Dalvin Cook for $68. Worst pick? AJ Brown for 36 bucks, I think is a lot. I think that's a lot of money for AJ Brown. It went that was $16 more than what I expected him to go for. I thought he'd go for 20 and he went for 36. I just don't know. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts, you got the new team. I don't know, man. That's a lot of money for AJ Brown. I don't think he's going to be what he was in Tennessee. I don't see how he could possibly could be. And even if he was if you could guarantee he is going to be what he was in Tennessee, I still don't know if it was $36 worth. So I'm, that's what I'm saying is the worst pick. Gordon Lucko. What did you do? Devontae Adams for $45. Alvin Kamara for $66. Montgomery for $26. Tyreek Hill for $44. And then a bunch of $1 nobodies. Yeesh, Gordon. What happened? Where did your money go? Adams, Hill, Kamara, Montgomery. That was it. That was all your money? Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, worst pick here. I don't know. I really worry about... Uh. Worst pick here, I think, was Tyreek Hill for 44 I really do. I That's $14 more than what I thought he'd go for. Um... I don't know. You're betting a lot of money on Tua. I mean, you had 45 in Devontae. Who do you who do you have more faith in, Devontae or Tyreek this year? Gun to your head. Who you put? Who are you gonna put more money? Who are you gonna say if whoever scores more points this year is? I mean, it's gotta be Devontae, right? Ten times out of ten, it's not close. And you spent 44 on Tyreek and 45 on Devontae. I think 44 for Hill was a reach, and I think that is the worst pick. Best pick? I'm looking for one. Hold on. Jesus. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking. Uh, let's go Kamara. Kamara for 66. I like that pick. Uh, I think the Saints could be kind of surprising this year. I mean, Jameis, everybody, I don't. I think people are sleeping on Jameis a little bit. Uh, I think he could move the ball. I mean, you've seen it in Tampa Bay. He can support some fantasy production. And I kind of like what Saints have going on. And so I'll say Kamara for the 66. That could be a mini steal. If they uh, if they incorporate Kamara like he used to be used, I kind of like that Kamara pick for sixty six. That's not so bad. I'd much rather cook for sixty eight, but Kamara for sixty six isn't the worst type of thing. J Rod the Bod. Let's see what you did, you fucking idiot. I literally told you not to do what you did, and you fucking went ahead and did it anyway. Justin Jefferson sixty three dollars, Ceedee Lamb forty four dollars, Cooper Cup seventy two dollars, and then fucking nobody else. Literally nobody else. Tua for three. <laughs> Deshaun Watson for three. And then a bunch of $1 guys. You fucking, what are you doing? What are you doing? I told you not to do this. This is this is how you paint yourself in a corner. And I know, granted, literally, it's funny. We'll look at rosters here in the week one in the part two. But literally, I don't think, you, I think you only have three of these people still left on your, on your roster. Everybody else has been trader ads. But still, like, what are you doing? You did the same thing you did at Ale. And none of these guys even play it down for you, so it's like not even like worth talking about. Who do I think the best pick was? Justin Jefferson for 63 bucks. I think it was an awesome pick. I think 63 bucks for Justin Jefferson. That was a little bit more than what I thought I'd go for, but I mean, given given what everybody else was doing with the wides, I think that was good. Worst pick, Cooper Cup for 72. What what the fuck? $72 for Cooper Cup. There's no way he repeats what he did last year. None, no chance. It just can't happen. Even now Stafford's got a bulky shoulder and stuff. It just can't, I don't see it. I'm done talking about your team. Reading Dwayne Bow, Nick Chubb for 45, Stefan Diggs for 51, Travis Kelsey for 40, and then a bunch of sevens. And seven. He only had one $1 guy again, another guy that saved a bunch of money to snipe people. Deontay Johnson for seven, Thielen for six, Ayuk for four, Thomas for seven, blah, 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 all the way down. Who do I think the best pick out of here was? Watch this. I think the best pick out of this whole team was Chase Edmonds, pick 118 for $6. That's a starting running back on a team that could be a little bit frisky 
in the run game. A guy coming over from San Francisco, their new head coach, who, I mean, San Francisco always has good runners. Chase Edmonds, I really, 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 really like for six bucks. I wish I had made that pick. Of course, at that point, I was out of money, but I love that pick for $6. Chase Edmonds, keep an eye on it. That was his best pick. Worst pick? Oh, I think I think it might be Chubb. But Chubb at 45 is not a bad that's not a terrible price for Chubb. You know what I mean gonna do? It was, a, it was a couple bucks cheaper than what I thought he was gonna go for. I can't say Chubb. What about Kelsey? And Kelsey was a little bit cheaper than I thought too. Kel- this is a hard one because it's between it's between Chubb and Kelsey. And I don't know what hindsight's twenty twenty, but one of the I I just worry about Chubb because he doesn't catch the ball. But for forty five bucks, like take your shot, you know he still can get the yards. He's gonna be okay. And then I worry about like Kelsey because at some point the wheels have to fall off. He doesn't have Hill anymore. I mean, but he's still gonna be. I don't know. There might not be a terrible pick. I might not say there's a worst pick on this team. Because I mean, forty five for Chubb's fine. Okay, I'm not saying that you, you, all your picks are fine. God, I'd love to have Diggs. Dick for 51 would be nice. Damn it. Good job, Rogers. Team 88, what'd you do? Joe Mixon, $73. Cam Akers, $20. Mark Andrews, $29. Keenan Allen, $30. DJ Moore, $18. T. Higgins, $18. I have to tell you what. You know what? You know what? Here we go, Scott. A little. You know, good job. You know what, Scott? Good job. You did a great job. I'll tell you what, man. I didn't think you had it in you, but you did it this year. You didn't go early. You didn't make your first pick until number 22. Were you the last one to get anybody? You were. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. You were patient. You spread your money around. Look at this. Joe Mixon for 73 and everybody else. You does 20 here, 29 here, 30. You didn't spend all your money on a couple guys you didn't really need. It was a really, really well done draft 73 bucks for joe mixon i don't hate one bit you tell me joe mixon was guy what he finished last year like six or five or seven i forget he was like he's definitely top 10 and like no, he's one of those guys nothing's gotten worse for him <clears throat> offensive line better joe burrow better receivers better everything's better for joe mixon so i think he's sneaky just one of those guys people don't want for whatever reason i love the pick of 73 bucks i think it was a good take you know what i don't think was a good uh, pick Cam Akers for 20 bucks. I know you got to shoot your shot, but Cam Akers coming off injury might be terrible. Like just could be, could be a rough road this year for Cam Akers. And I wouldn't be willing to take the jump until I had seen it 20 bucks. I know it's not a whole lot of outlay, but still, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not on the Cam Akers trail this year, but for 20 bucks, you didn't, you didn't sacrifice a whole lot. I can see it for 20 bucks. Give yourself a shot, but boy, but I love your wides. Keenan for 30, DJ Moore for 18, T Higgins for 18. Great picks. Love them all. All below what I thought. Well, a little bit more than what I thought they'd go for, but still, I like that trifecta you got there. Good job overall draft. I'm just so proud. So proud of him. He did a great job. Three stripe life. Zeke Elliott, 38 bucks. Leonard Fournette, $43. Fucking couple old-ass men. Dalton Schultz for 10 Aaron Jones for 46 CEH for 10 Yet another team that only took a couple $1 guys here and there. Saved his money. Sniped some people late. Ugh. Now again, this seems already, already, you know, has, has kind of switched, switched over to... Uh, from some trading and whatnot, but who do I think the best pick was? I think the best pick here was Aaron Jones for 46 bucks. I'm real curious to see what the Green Bay does. Everybody still loves Green Bay. Still got Aaron Rodgers back there, and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones have a good rapport. They know each other. They've been playing together forever. I really like Aaron Jones. I know the A.J. Dillon thing scares people away a little bit, but Aaron Jones for 46 bucks is a good pick. I'm happy with that. That's 12 bucks less than what I thought he was going to go for. So I think Aaron Jones was the best pick out of this. Um, worst pick. <sighs> for me, it's between Zeke and Fournette. And I know they've done it year after year. I know they've done it year after year, but both those teams have massive question marks. Zeke 
getting old, and he just lost that offensive lineman. That could be real bad. Leonard Fournette, same kind of deal. Getting older, lost the offensive lineman. Like, ugh. I don't, I don't love either one of those picks. I kind of put them on the same level. I don't love either one of those picks. But if I had to say which one I don't like, I would. They're, they're identical. Both of them went for twelve bucks less than what I thought they were going to. But I just don't love either one of those picks. So I'm not happy with either one of those. Uh, cream of the crops. Austin Eckler picked fourteen for seventy-two bucks. DeAndre Swift for forty-seven dollars. Debo for forty-five dollars. Al Robinson for nine. Antonio Gibson for ten. Blah blah blah. All the way you go down there. What do I love? I love Eckler and Swift for 72 and 40. Those are good picks. You know what? Get your RBs locked down. And then you also get your, your good wide receiver Debo. Again, you've already traded him, but who cares? I think you did a good job on all those. Gibson for 10 at the time. Looked like it might have been a little bit of a Hail Mary, but since somebody got shot, uh, that actually looks like it's going to work out for you. Al Robinson, I really like it in the, RB, the wide receiver 2 role. Um, bunch of $1 guys at the back end, but that's to be expected. What's Eckler look like? Is Eckler still... Yeah, he's still going to get all the carries, isn't he? I think Eckler for 72 could be a steal. Could be really nice. He's been healthy. I don't think he's ever really been hurt. Catches the ball. Everybody loves the charges this year. I'm going to go with... Uh, Swift for 47. That was a nice little pick, too. Hold on, let me let's check something. Uh, Eckler is 6 bucks cheaper. Swift, I had him for 8 bucks cheaper. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll go for the Swift. I kind of like the Swift pick at 47. I like the Swift pick at 47. Debo at 45. Could be a little bit of a stretch. But overall, good draft. Overall happy with it. Don't don't hate anything you've done there. Jonathan Taylor. Paris Campbell for $4 at pick number three. That's hilarious. Jonathan Taylor for $96. A new high. A new record for our league. $96 for Jonathan Taylor. Congratulations. Boy, that's a lot of money for Jonathan Taylor at $96. After that, you were kind of struggling. Amon Ross St. Brown for 19. DK Metcalf for 10. That's a you guy. Travis Etienne for 17. Justin Herbert for 16. Cortland Sutton for 18. Who do I think the best pick out of this is? I'll tell you what, you got Waddle for five bucks. That's a good ass pick, man. Waddle for five dollars could be one of the steals. Of the draft again, a little bit of a little bit of question marks there. Um, Herbert for 16 is a good pick. I don't hate it. You know that's a really nice little pick there. Sutton for 18, love it. Wish I had Sutton on my team. So you made some nice picks late. Worst pick, I'm gonna say Taylor for 96. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but Jonathan Taylor for 96 bucks is so fucking expensive, especially when this Colts team doesn't. You know, we're not exactly sure what it's gonna look like. Yeah, he's talented. Yeah, he's young. But that's a lot of money. And this has come from a guy that I think spent 92 or 93 on CMC for four games until he got hurt or whatever. But that's CMC. This is Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. Now when I'm a little, I, I got a little bit of a heartburn about. So so we'll see what happens. But it's interesting. We'll see how. I, you got some, got some wild cards in there. A couple weeks will shake out. We'll see exactly where your team is headed. But that is a lot of money for one player. Viceless, what do you got? Najee for 70, Jerry Judy for 13, Mike Williams for 22, James Conner for 42, Alan Lazard for 10. I fucking hate your team. I don't like your team. I'm sorry. I don't like your team. I don't like your team. Najee for 70. Najee is Najee's the new David Montgomery. If you look at all of his advanced metrics, he the only reason he was successful in fantasy was because of the volume, which there's real questions about if he's actually going to get the same volume or not. And on top of that, he's got to get the same volume. And then he's got a horrible offensive line. Horrible, much worse than before. And he's got a, like a new quarterback. Nothing looks good for Najee. I think he's going to be a tremendous bust. I'm saying that is your worst pick. Best pick? Mike Williams, $22. I love Mike Williams this year. $22 is a good price for Mike Williams. I think it's probably where he should have gone. But if he turns out to be the Chargers' number one wide receiver, like I think he might be, he is going to be fucking dominant. He's going to be unbelievable. Justin Herbert's going to throw that ball over the fucking field, and a lot of it's going to go to Mike Williams. So if he can stay healthy, big old Mike could be awesome. Also, shout out Rashad Penny for two bucks. Also love that pick as well. Could be a lot of fun. Sky Moore for two bucks. Also, 
throw your hat in the wing in the ring. We'll see what that Chiefs offense looks like, and if Sky Moore's a piece of it, then uh, two dollars for him could be awesome. This this is the guy that drafted Jamar Chase for four dollars, so don't count him out. Don't count him out. Uh, where the fuck are we now? All right, so that wraps up the fucking draft recap. Hopefully, everybody actually want to fucking listen to that bullshit. Let's get to the last of the Lottie clips. Where'd I leave you off? All right, Lottie clips. Uh, here are some post-draft reactions. Let's hear post-draft reactions from a few different owners. I'm with Northside Nick, uh, just post-draft here. Uh, Nick, I'd like to get the initial reaction from the draft. Feel good about my team. Kind of a different situation with my strategy this today. Um, still feel like I got some pretty good running backs. Uh, paid a little more for wide receiver than I normally do. And then kind of put myself in a position to have a good amount of money near the end. Sure, sure. Steal a couple guys, you know what I mean? Who is your favorite player from the draft that you selected? Uh, mm, to be 100% honest with you, I've had several beers. I literally don't remember a single person on my team. Thanks for your time. But I feel good about it. That's great. Uh, next up, Scott Doman, uh, owner of Team 88. Any comments about the draft? Thanks. Moving through the room now, we found Chris Rogers. Punk. Chris, in media reaction post draft. How are you feeling? I love my team, except for I don't have an RB two. But you know, we'll make that, it do you consider that a problem? Uh, it could be a little bit, but I think the rest of my team will fill out nicely around them. So, what kind of trade pieces do you have right now in play that you could use to get the RB two uh, receivers? I think I think I got a nice. That doesn't help Jared though. That's receivers. he's got a lot of receivers. You're not getting anything from him. Well, I'm, yeah, I know I can't get anything because he needs running back. So basically, you built a team that you can't trade with Jared with. Well, I didn't realize he was going to go zero RBs the whole time until one dollar picks. So it was tough. Sounds like you didn't prepare enough. Thank you. Next up, as I'm coming around the table, the two-time champ, uh, last year's champ, Mr. Mike Wingus. Immediately following the draft, how are you feeling about your team? Well, I uh, had a strategy, and I uh, I stuck to it. I got one guy that needs to be off my team immediately. And who is that guy? Uh, his name is J.D. McKissick. And uh, no, I drafted him for sure. Um, so I'm looking at ways right now. I actually made a couple phone calls already. Yeah, yeah. Any of those with Jared Limbach? Yes, a couple of them. Can, can you disclose the terms of the trade that you sent? JD McKissick for anybody that qualifies for my team. <laughs> can we confirm that Jared has anybody on his team that's worth actually trading for? Uh, he, he outside does. of his top four wide receivers. He does. Uh, Algier, I believe, is the running back. Is that the religion? Uh, I think so. Yes. Thank you. Next up, Rob Luck. Rob, how you feeling immediately after the draft? Well, sent my team to the old lady. Well, let's uh, be honest, she drafted it via text. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, everybody understands that. Yeah. Uh, feel good. Uh, got bit up on Kamara by uh, by you out a little bit. You know, You're welcome. Good strategy. Thank you. Uh, I got David Montgomery on my team, so it makes, makes me really want to fucking shoot myself. Yeah. He no, I get it, yeah. He's terrible. I uh, really hope the Raiders put up a lot of points, which is something you never want to hear when you, yeah, you're doing it. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, be lucky if I get in the playoffs this year. Are you curious about my draft strategy coming into this? Uh, I believe it was to bid up whoever I was bidding on. That's correct. Okay. Yep, yep. Next up, uh, Bill Mitchell. Uh, old night-night Bill Mitchell over here. Took a nice little snooze during the middle of the draft just to regroup, make sure everything was good. Bill, how were you feeling immediately post-draft? I feel really good. Early draft. Eckler, Swift, Debo. Little nappy poo picked up Kirky. Case closed. Nice. Yeah. Who's your favorite of all those players? Eckler. All day? All day. Thank you for your time. You. Interesting post-draft reactions there. Uh, and, you know, really all of them kind of, like, they really, I mean, Wingus stuck to his guns. He got every player that was born in 2000 or after that he was happy with, except for J.D. McKissick. Bill, you know, went back to his uh, oh Doug Martin days where he went night-night for a couple rounds, and that's really where he, you know, shines where he does his best work. Um, I do like his RB stack, Vector and Swift, as we've already covered. Uh, who else would you hear from? We hear from Team 88. Who knows what he had to say? Reading Dwayne Bow agreed. I think you're surprised. I think you do have an RB2 in Chase Edmonds, so I think you're totally fine to have an RB2 in Chase Edmonds, so I, I, I'm fine with you there. Uh, Nicholas Minot. Yeah, I mean, you had some money left, but you really didn't bid up any over, over anybody. That was a, I'm not sure what you're talking about there, but hey. 
Everybody did a good job. Let's hear uh, the last here, what we have of, uh, I think this is a reaction from Scott post-draft. So I haven't uh, really been fair to team owner Scott Thoman up to this point. I keep cutting off his interviews because he was a smartass. So I'd like to give him an opportunity to talk about his draft and how he feels like things went. Scott Thoman? I think you're a dick. That's fair. That's one. <laughs> I feel great about my draft. I had a great strategy going into it. I stuck to my strategy. What was the strategy exactly? I'm not going to tell you guys. That's for me to know. It's kind of post-draft. It doesn't really matter at this point, right? Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I went into I went into the uh, draft with a lot of confidence this year. I know that sounds strange coming from the guy with the worst record in the league of all time. Definitely does. But I will tell you this. I actually sat down for about six hours, planned out my whole strategy, budgeted, stuck to my budget, stuck to my guns, adjusted accordingly when I paid up a little too much. And when I got a good deal, I also kind of gave it back to myself. I'm proud of myself. I think I did a great job. Obviously, clearly, by the rankings after the draft, I'm number one. Not worried about it. I think I'm going to go the whole year probably undefeated. And you guys just go ahead and uh, sign my name on the trophy. Thank you. Love the, I love it. I love it. I love the commitment. I love the confidence. And he really did do a very good job. I'm, I'm, I think he gets the gold ribbon for the draft because I think he did the best job of anybody based off where his baseline was. Impressive, surprising, shocking. I mean, just, just a good job. Just really, really surprising. Good job, Scott. Good job. What other Lottie sounds do I have? I have a few more. I think after this, after the draft, everybody had a good time to start going out. Let's hear uh, about people, where they were. Let's see, where, where did they go? What, 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 we got? what do we got? What happened here? Uh, this is Vitaly, I believe, at Lulu's after a few drinks. Fuck uh, you, man. Man, uh, I'm over here, and I'm over here willing to help you. Hey, do what he did in every day. Fuck! Oh, yeah. What? Fuck! Okay, people were drunk at Lulu's. I'm not sure what Vit was trying to say. Rogers commandeered the conversation with a good fuck. What else do we have? Uh, I've got uh, How about this one? Loudy Beers! Mains a queer! Okay, Loudy Beers, Mains a queer. That sounds good. How about the uh, ride home after everybody left the bar? One. One. My Corrado has a small penis! Well, that is both factually inaccurate and also quite mean, so we won't have to talk about that. How about, uh, that was just some random noise. <laughs> so, this was, uh, I believe people playing beer pong, being serendipitously recorded from the sober guy in the corner. Uh, <laughs> some shirts were off. Some legs were dancing. There's some gyration, maybe. Let's just listen. I'm just, just bathing it. Oh, Darude. Now we're into Darude. God, I wish I was there. This one, I believe, we had a glassy-eyed Mike Wingus st stumbling and bumbling around. But I'll tell you what, when that baseline hits, he's, he's back and he's ready. Chicken wing and all. Oh, yeah. Feel the energy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So many shirts off. Oh boy. Oh boy. 
striptease time. Striptease time from Scott Thoman. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. It sounded like it was a blast. I'm sorry I wasn't there. All right. Well, that wraps up draft. Let's, uh... Final thoughts. Let's get into final thoughts here. You know, it was a great draft. Uh, you could definitely see the teams that stuck to their guns and the ones that didn't. I'm curious because there's some, there's been a shakeup. Some of the teams that usually draft well, I think, drafted poorly. And some of the teams that usually draft poorly drafted well, which I love. The year 10 yeah. is going to be very interesting. So, thank you for listening to part one of the KMMS cast. Stay tuned for part two. I'm coming right back getting into the normal swing of things for the week one preview here in the KML. As always, I'm your host, Maine. You can reach us at the KML hotline, 317-KML-RATS, KMLMassCast at gmail.com. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for part two coming up right now. Great cash, homie.